It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our bodies. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today, my friends. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team. That's producer Joe, Luke, Rachel, Nicole, Zach, Echo, Charlie, Pamela, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, It is Thursday. Producer Joe. Happy Thursday, Kim. And it's George Washington's birthday. So we've got some George Washington quotes today. So we'll, we'll get on it here. Uh, check out the website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You will get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. My friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, opportunities, or lives via force. Force can be a weapon, policy, this unpredictable and excessive taxation, uh, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or this agenda of the World Economic Forum globalist elites uh, with uh, the whole... um, control through uh, the narrative of climate change. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to implement it. And we are focusing on issues, not people or personalities. Now, certainly we will mention the people or personalities that might be pushing forward uh, on these issues that are... um, you know, that we're concerned about, but we're not focusing on the people and the personalities. We are focusing on the issues here. Uh, So let's see. Oh, first thing, America's Veterans Stories. Uh, We recorded it yesterday with Wade Bennett. And Wade uh, attended the uh, Merchant Marine Academy and really a fascinating story. And we talked about the history of the Merchant Marines. I learned so much. I did not know of all the branches of service that the Merchant Marines lost the most men in World War II. And of course, they were transporting uh, supplies and uh, troops across the ocean to our to the different theaters. And uh, it was primarily in the European theater with the German U-boats. Uh, I think he said it was over 733 or 788 ships were lost. But and so this will be this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. But he also wanted to talk about the state of the Merchant Marines now. And I, I was just going through some headlines. This whole trans thing, first of all, uh, mutilating our children either via pharmaceuticals, medically, or surgically, or both, is unconscionable. If you would have told me ever 
that we would be doing this, I would I would not even be have been able to get my head around it. So all that we see so many headlines, I see so much legislation down at the state house um, on this. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, um, America <clears throat> is in a very dangerous position. Uh, and he said that at this particular point in time, America has 80 ships in the Merchant Marine, Merchant Marines now. He said, he asked me, how many ships do you think China has? <clears throat> My friends, the answer is 5,500. And so while we are uh, <laughs> having an administration and uh, people on both sides of the aisle that are wanting to send millions of dollars to Ukraine, uh, we have 80 merchant marine ships. What could be wrong with that picture, my friends? Uh, we are in, again, a very dangerous position. And so we need to understand that. And these seems, this seems to me like these would be issues that candidates could get out there and say, I'm going to run to get this shored up so that we can protect the American people. Of course, we also have a porous southern border where bad guys can be coming across the border. And um, <clears throat> actually, I'm getting different information. Let's see here. This was from one of our listeners yesterday. And that is that uh, this is, um, uh, let's see, it says uh, the question is, may uh, aliens legally in the United States purchase firearms? And this uh, goes on to say, an alien legally in the U.S. is not prohibited from purchasing firearms unless the alien is admitted into the U.S. under a non-immigrant visas and does not meet one of the exceptions as provided in 18 U.S.C. 922, uh, let's see, it looks like it's two, such as a possession of a valid hunting license or permit. So we need to look at, a little further into this, but... Uh, <clears throat> it looks like uh, people coming into the country illegally eventually could carry firearms and also here in Denver could become part of the first responder teams. Uh, what could go wrong with this? People that don't understand our Constitution, have not assimilated into our country, do not understand the American idea. This certainly could be a big problem. Uh, so um, anyway, Wade, uh, fabulous interview with him, and we'll broadcast that this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m., so you will not want to miss that. Uh, as I said, today is George Washington's birthday, and so, of course, I would go to George Washington for our quote of the day. And this is one that gives me a lot of hope. Uh, but he was born February 22 in 1732. He died December 14, 1799. He was an American founding father, military officer, and politician. He was our first president, and he was appointed by the Second Continental Congress as commander of the Continental Army in 1775. He led the Patriot forces to victory in the Revolutionary War. And he uh, also was president of the Constitutional Convention in 1787, which draft, drafted and ratified the uh, Constitution of the United States. So he's known as the father of our country. And my friends, as we do the show and as you engage with your neighbors and friends and family and colleagues in reasonable, rational conversations, I remember this from George Washington. He said, truth will ultimately prevail where there are pains taken to bring it to light. 
uh, our, and then we'll move over here <clears throat> to a very bad boy uh, for our bill of the day. It is House Bill 24, 1175. Prime sponsors are Representative Bosenecker, Representative Sirota, Senator Winter, and Senator Waquez Lewis. Uh, they tried this last year. It was not success, successful, so they're back. And again, it is House Bill 1175. It is titled, Local Government's Rights to Property for Affordable Housing. And in the summary, it says this, concerning a local government right of first refusal or offer to purchase qualifying multifamily property for the purpose of providing long-term affordable housing or mixed income development. So this is right of first refusal for government. They should not be in the housing business. This will increase costs. It will decrease quality. And it will make uh, housing uh, that people want to buy, single-family homes, condos, townhomes, even more difficult and more expensive to purchase. <clears throat> and so, again, that is House Bill 24-1175, local government's right of first refusal. And people may say, oh, that's just on that um, multifamily housing. But this is what happens is with socialism, they'll, they'll get something passed like this, and then it will, it will come back, and it will be something that you care about. And so this is a big, big problem. So let's see. And, of course, testimony would be greatly appreciated on that as well. And uh, so let's see. The next thing I wanted to mention, can you believe this? This is uh, Joe Biden. Basically, with uh, an executive order, uh, this is from USA Today, it says Biden cancels $1.2 billion in student loan debt for borrowers on income-driven repayment plan. And it says the Biden administration has canceled another $1.2 billion in student debt for 150,000 borrowers. The latest loan forgiveness announced Wednesday by the Education Department targets a specific group of longtime borrowers enrolled in the Biden administration's much-touted repayment plan, which adjusts monthly bills based on people's incomes. It brings the total amount of debt cancellation Biden has approved to $138 billion for nearly 4 million Americans. The news comes just today before a group of federal negotiators is set to discuss broader plans for even more student debt relief. And it says, if you'll qualify, you'll be hearing from me shortly, President Biden said Wednesday, speaking at a public library in Culver City, California, where he stopped during a three-day campaign fundraising swing on the West Coast. Do you think that he's possibly, A, trying to buy votes? B, how fair is this for all the people that have taken out student loans and paid them back? How fair is that? And then I also have to ask you, how fair is it for people <clears throat> that have not gone to college, but they're out there in the workforce and they are paying taxes? How fair is that for them? This is not fair at all. This is wrong. People took out these loans, inflated the cost of going to college. Uh, we do not see any of the uh, professors saying that they're going to be working for free, so there is no free college. And uh, so this is going to be of, of great concern. 
So several things I wanted to mention. First of all, the show comes to you because of our sponsors. And I want to say thank you to Laramie Energy and Karis Oil and Gas for their goal sponsorship of the show. It is reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy that, uh, the, that allows us, I don't know if that's the right word, but that allows us to um, power our lives and fuel our dreams. And uh, this is directly, it, uh, this, this energy source is under direct assault, regulatory assault, and it will continue to increase the cost of, of everyday life. And Susan Kochevar is going to be on the show <clears throat> next Monday, and we will talk about this. She received her property tax bills for the 88 Drive-In Theater, and it was $14,000 last year. It's $42,000. Joe, how can people do this? This is not sustainable. And on top of that, there's inflation, there's taxes, higher costs, higher energy costs. All of this is just going to push us to a point where we're just going to be just automatons trying to live our lives, Joe. I mean, can you believe this as a young guy? And also, I need to ask you, how fair is this that you show up at work you know, you're here for the 6 a.m. hit every day and that you're paying taxes to pay somebody else's student loan debt. I don't think that's fair. Or migrants coming in, too. I, it's not fair, even in the slightest. And uh, so, uh, again, I think he's trying to buy votes right now. But uh, anyway, people said they were going to pay that back, and uh, they, need to, they need to keep their word on that. So, uh, anyway... We'll continue on. Uh, Hooters Restaurants, great sponsor of the show. They have five locations, uh, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And uh, great specials Monday through Friday for lunch. Great place to get together to watch all of the sporting events. And again, they're just a great sponsor of the show, as well as the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance team. And And Roger and his team can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan insurance team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this, I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. 
Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I was asking producer Joe about how fair is this that kids that have not gone to college are working and having to pay taxes for people that have gone to college. And I missed it when you also mentioned uh, illegal immigrants here. Just the cost of that, Joe. So I, that just blew right by me. Sorry. That's all right. I didn't say it loud enough. <laughs> but we wanted to, and it's pernicious what is going on, which happens to be our word of the day. And pernicious is spelled P-E-R-N-I-C-I-O-U-S. And definitions could be highly injurious or destructive, uh, too archaic or wicked. And it is pernicious what is happening down at the State House. That's why it's uh, timely to have Rebecca Kelty on the line because she is running for um, House, the House of uh, Representatives here in uh, Colorado. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, absolutely. Which district and what what area does that district cover that you're running for uh, the House here? Sure. Um, actually, I'm running for HD 16, and it's down in the Colorado Springs area. It's kind of uh, the northern heart of uh, Colorado Springs. It goes from Dublin down to Platte between 25 and North Academy, straight down. Then it goes over to Powers uh, from Austin Bluffs down all, all the way over to Powers. So kind of like a little L. Okay. And uh, why? Why are you running for State House? You know, um, a lot of people ask me that question. <laughs> um, I can't say insanity because I think I'm probably uh, one of the sane ones that are wanting to, to get in there. But, you know, the things that I see going on in Denver, and not just in Denver, but um, throughout the country, it has it's inspired me. You know, I, I'm prior military and retired military. And things that I fought for while in the military, I'm finding that um, are under attack every single day. And the things going on, especially here in Denver, um, are, it, it's just it's too far. It's too, too much. And, and someone has to step up. People have to start stepping up. We need to start taking our seats back in, in Colorado. And I'm planning on taking back HG-16. Well, uh, thank you for stepping forward. Uh, I have been looking as the president of the Colorado Union of Taxpayers. Uh, we look at the all legislation that's scheduled for hearing for the next week. And it's, it's the, first of all, just the number of bills, Rebecca. We don't need any more new laws. We need to make sure that the laws that are passed can pass the Constitution, the, the test of the Constitution, and then everything else we need to start to be repealing those uh, Rebecca so um, tell me what what would you do when you're elected uh, to House District 16 well un unfortunately right now because of the fact that there's a super majority in that in, in Colorado's House Representative um, we're on the defense all the time you know we're never on on the offense we're always on the defense they keep putting up these bills that are constantly taking away our rights. They're taking away our parents, you know, parents' rights. They're, they're going against our kids. They're, they're after our kids, actually. You know, they're going against what small what, small business rights. They're going after our Second Amendment. And when you mentioned taxes, we're being taxed to death in, in Colorado. Our property taxes just went up. Every time you go to a store, a restaurant, 
anywhere you see these extra little fees, fees for this, fees for that. And they're like, oh, for me, they're taxes. And the way I view taxes, it's theft. You know, I, I understand we have to have some taxation, taxes for, you know, you know, police and fire and, you know, the necessities. But literally, we're being taxed to death in this state. And, and we, whenever, whenever it comes to spending, like, like you said, A, number one test is the Constitution. Number two, stop taking our money. If it's going to start costing us money that unnecessarily for crazy things like, you know, paying for illegals coming in our country, no, we're not doing it. You know, in, um, enforcing uh, people using drugs, setting up drug dens and, and drug sites and stuff. No, you know, there's there's better things that we can spend our tax money on and, and, and spending on illegals and taking money away from our veterans is not the way to do it. Well, as you are out on the campaign trail, because this election is in November, correct? Correct. Right. So we've got the caucus and assembly that's coming up in March. Then we have the primary, if I have a primary, and then the the general elections in November. Okay. What are you hearing from people? I think that that the big, broad middle, and that would be moderate Democrats, libertarians, unaffiliated Republicans, conservatives, I think that that big, broad middle— is waking up but what are you hearing out on the campaign trail oh you're 100 percent. they ever a lot of people is but the problem is is they are waking up but they're not doing anything we need action you know a lot of people think that the election is the end of the means you know, okay we've elected a you know a conservative in there or someone who's gonna you know fight for our you know what we want that's just the beginning after the election is when the war begins that's when the we're that's when the fight begins and, and, and people need to stay on track. They need to stay within the fight. They can't just, you know, uh, you know, vote on their, their ballot, put it in the, the mail, which I don't like, um, and, and be done. That's just the beginning. We've got a long fight ahead of us. We've been taken down. In Colorado, the, the conservative mindset has been death by a thousand cuts. You know, they, they, they take away and take away and take away little by little by little. And now we're, little, we're bleeding to death in the state. Everyone in the state, conservative, libertarian, all everyone, if you're even slightly right of the middle, you need to step up and we need to take action. And we need to start taking feedback from, from the Democrats, not just fighting over the same seat, but actually gaining seats. Have you seen a strategy? What Over the years, of, as I've watched this, I've really what I've seen is there's this Republican operative consultant class. What they've been doing is milking our donors. These are business people that care deeply about our state. They want to run their businesses. And these operative consultants come in and they say, oh, support this candidate, support this issue. And um, many times donors look at them and they, they think that they're they have the word Republican, and so they think that they have those values of of uh, repu- Republicanism, which would be the sanctity of the individual, um, property rights, uh, individual freedom, lower taxes, all those things. And what I've seen, Rebecca, is that the this con- consultant operative class has milked our donors. They've put a lot of money in their own pockets, and they've lost elections. And they would rather, from what I can see, take out candidates that are, are there that are uh, go, want to, who want to go down to the state house to do the right thing for the people of Colorado 
but they would rather take them out instead of the Democrats. And I think that's one of the reasons how we got here. Um, have you seen anything like that? Yeah, uh, there's, you know, and there's not really a single Republican class or, or you know, in, in Colorado. You know, we have the Republican, I shouldn't say class, party. The Republican Party has suffer, several different factions. And and it, and honestly, it's, it's not so much money-based from what I have seen. It's more emotional-based. You know, I like this person. I don't like that person. Or, you know, they're not 100%, you know, someone I want. You're never going to find someone who's going to be 100% in agreement. I mean, tell me what it, what relationship, you know, marriage, whatever it is, who's 100%, you know what I'm saying? So we have to at least, if we don't start taking back some seats, even if they're a 75%, you know, in agreement with someone, you know, vote for them. Because if we don't start taking back these seats in a conservative manner, why even bother? Why bother? You know, I, I'm actually I'm sitting outside the Capitol right now. I'm looking at it. And I'm and I and I I know the people inside our Republicans inside fight every single day. And, and for the and because there's a super majority in the House, it, it, it's all for it's almost all for naught. Because, you know, I see them, and, and they never give in. They never give up. And that's my motto, you know, never give in, never give up. But I feel bad for them because they're, they're kind of on their own. And the people of, of Colorado, you know, they say they want this. They say want, they want, words are cheap. You know, actions are where it needs to be, you know. And, and when it comes to candidates, you know, I, I really want people to, to research their candidates. Whether, whatever search engine you, you have. Look that person up. Look at their background. You know, go see them. Go talk to them. You know, I'm an open book. You can contact me and ask me any question you want. You know, if you want to have coffee, I'll have coffee. You know, it's it's and those are the people that you that are involved in the community. That's what we need. We don't need you know socialites or we don't need people who feel that they're on a higher level than everybody, everyone else. You know, we need on the ground grassroots people you know, in office, those butts in the seats in the Capitol. So how can people get more information about uh, about you, Rebecca Kelty? Uh, well, they can go to my website. It's Rebecca Kelty. It's K-E-L-T as in Tango or Tom or <laughs> whether you're military or not. Uh, uh, K-E-L-T-I-E dot com. So Uh You can contact me through email. You can contact me through phone. You know, and I answer. You know, the phone calls go directly to me. So if you have a question, you want to know something, you know, you're on the fence or, you know, I do um, uh, email updates, you know, with things that are going on in the Capitol, with my perspective of what's going on. And uh, you can get put on that. You know, I'm going to need, you know, I need donations and volunteers. I need, I need prayers. You know, I need it all. So. All of the above, huh? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, again, that uh, website one more time. Sure. It's Rebecca Kelsey. Com. Okay, Rebecca, thank you so much. And again, that is for Colorado House District uh, seat uh, uh, 16. So House District 16. Uh, Rebecca, thanks so much. Kim, thanks a lot. And thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. And any candidate that reaches out to me, I'll, I'll put them on the show because I think it's important uh, that you know them. And uh, so any candidate that reaches out, I will put them on the show. Uh, as we are engaged in this battle of ideas, uh, it, fortunately, we, you know, this is something that that it's not a a physical battle like what we've seen when we have had our veterans, our military, go to war. 
And But it is important to remember what they have done and to honor that. And, of course, the best way to do that is to go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org and make a contribution or buy a brick to honor your military service or your loved one's military service that will be on one of their pathways of service. And so, again, that is USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Uh, show comes to you because of our sponsors. One of those is Karen Levine. She and Lauren Levy are going to be in in hour number two. Uh, but uh, I work with people that strive for excellence. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that Remax Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one -on -one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-999-9999. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, as we're going to be talking with Nicole Neely, uh, she is the president of Parents Defending Education. Uh, you, you will, you will want to make sure that you check out this movie, artclubmovie.com. And this is the story of Aaron and John Lee, uh, their daughter. Uh, they live in northern Colorado. Uh, their 12-year-old daughter, Shy, new in school, was invited to art club after school. But it wasn't art club. It was actually a transgender indoctrination session. And uh, so check that out, artclubmovie.com. Uh, very important film as they tell their story. Uh, so in this battle of our children, for our children and their education, there is an organization, Parents Defending Education, and their website is defendinged.org. Uh, so that's defendinged.org. On the line with me is Nicole Neely, and she is the president. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, you're doing great work. So uh, as I'm on your website, it's very informative. People can check what's going on in their states. But tell us a little bit more about Parents Defending Education. 
So we have been around for almost three years. We were launched in 2021, and we wanted to give parents both the knowledge and the tools they need to be better, more articulate defenders of their children in an education setting in K-12. Because as we saw during lockdown, a lot of the people who we assumed had our children's best interests at heart, teachers unions, various school boards associations, in fact, all they cared about was their money and their power. They didn't care about our children. So we want parents to know what their rights are so they know where the red lines are. So if or when a school crosses those lines, they, they know that something has to be done about it. We have a tip line so people can send us information uh, from across the country. We get 50 to 200 tips a week. Um, we vet everything, we fact check it, and we, we put it up there so people can see what's happening in their state, in their neighborhood. And then beyond that, you know, we don't want people just to scream into the void. We want people to do something about it. And so we have created engagement guides for parents to know different ways that they can be involved, be it questions to ask their teacher, all the way through starting their own parent organization, filing a civil rights complaint against their school, or even filing a lawsuit. And are you seeing that people, that parents are waking up? Uh, you know, I think, Nicole, there's still a lot of folks out there, a lot of parents out there, and grandparents and community members need to be involved in this as well, that when you tell them what is happening, it's almost like they cannot believe what's happening in some of these classrooms. Uh, do you feel people are, are starting to understand this? I do. Yeah, I think it has been, it's been kind of a slow process, but I think the scales have been falling from people's eyes because there is just so much garbage in schools, be it um, racial segregation issues in affinity groups, be it, um, as you as you were talking about with Aaron Lee's uh, example, right, the, um, the really explicit gender materials taking place. I think parents are starting to realize that when they drop their children at the schoolhouse gate, they can't just trust blindly what a school tells them is going on. They really have to be engaged. And so that's one of the reasons that we try and put up all of these concrete examples. You know, we don't try and tell people feel this way or feel that way. We say, this is the handout that's in the kindergarten. You decide whether you want your family to have that. And a lot of people are frankly horrified at what's taking place. And as we have seen schools and children, you know, try and address this learning loss that, was, that happened during COVID, I think it's really disappointing to see that schools are now spending hours every day focused on identity politics and not on the basics, not reading, writing, or arithmetic, but instead on a lot of very, very political topics that many families would rather discuss with their children at home at an appropriate time, you know, knowing their own children's sensitivities and needs. Well, definitely. And what I we uh, wanted to talk with you about is Black Lives Matter. I had an action week earlier this month, and... Uh, you really, uh, Parents Defending Education, really uh, shed some light on that. So tell us about that. Sure. So this is actually, this has been going on for years and years. And so we have been tracking it over the past three years. But it is a full week of action with coloring pages and lesson plans going all the way down from preschool up through high school um, to talk about Black Lives Matter and really encourage kids to be involved in that. And so we have seen, I mean, across the country, and last year at Portland uh, Public Schools in Maine, they had a group of um, elementary school kids out marching in the snow saying, Black Lives Matter. You know, these little kids don't know what they're doing. And again, these children, at this time that they should have spent in a classroom reading and writing and, you know, doing science, not being political activists, parroting these teachers' political preferences. Um, but when you dig into some of the curriculum about what, you know, their different focuses are, one of them is the disruption of the Western nuclear family. There is um, uplifting queer lives. You know, there are things that are really 
very, very far afield from what many of us think about when we think about social studies or history. Um, and so that, you know, it's crowding out real, viable, important content for students, unfortunately. Well, and you mentioned this, and that is the, the lack of learning. Our, our students, uh, many of them cannot read, write, and do arithmetic at proficiency levels anymore. And there's a finite amount of time in a day, in a school day. There's a finite amount of time that the teachers have to, to teach children. There's a finite amount of resources, even though back in Washington, D.C., they think they can just print all kinds of money. But there's a, a finite amount. And the idea that the, those resources are being used to really dumb our children down, take their focus off things that really matter, not uh, teaching them and giving them the skills that they need to go on to have successful lives. We are letting our children down, Nicole Neely. Absolutely. It reminds me of that quote from, um, I think it's Benjamin Franklin, you know, where an uneducated populace, you know, they will be led, you know, like, like lambs to the slaughter, dumb, right? And that is, we are, these children are just reciting talking points. They're not engaging critically with material. And that is the most troubling thing. I mean, I think so many of these children now know their LGBTs before they know their ABCs. That is such a disservice to these children and encouraging them to live lives of value and virtue and purpose. Um, you know, and if we really, you know, and of course we want all children to succeed and all children to thrive, but the best way to help, a, you know, a disadvantaged child is to give them those fundamental life skills, not to tell them, hey, guess what, you have no shot at a happy future because of the color of your skin. I think that is the most cruel, condescending thing an educator could do. I, I totally agree. And um, there's many good public education teachers out there and I'm wondering do do they do some do they not know you know some of this indoctrination that's going on what is happening how how could that be in a in, in a school yeah, you know I and it's it's I work with a number of former teachers and we're very careful to you know we don't blame the teaching profession or all teachers you know I think there are a few bad apples that are sort of spoiling the barrel um, we have seen teacher training videos where younger teachers are bullying older teachers. You know, get with the program on this stuff. You know, you're either, you know, an anti-racist or you're racist kind of thing. And, you know, these old teachers, they got into this because they love children and they want to help them. And so that's fascinating to me. Um, but I do think there is an element of, you know, we are putting so much on our teachers right now. You know, before, you know, it's one thing to pay a teacher $50,000 to be a math teacher. But now you look at the social-emotional learning curriculum and the keeping secrets from parents about gender, you know, that's a job where suddenly you're an emotional support animal and you're a, you know, you're a, you're a secret keeper and all these things. That's a much different job and a lot, it's a job that a lot of teachers are uncomfortable with. Um, and so we see good teachers leaving the profession because they don't want to be subject to that. Um, and then we see these teachers who really see their jobs as change agents pulling these materials off the shelf. I mean, the, the Black Lives Matter at school curriculum it's very turnkey. It's very easy. There's a teacher guide. There's reading plans. And so you think, all right, if somebody is stretched very thin, then it's just easier for them to kind of take a box off the shelf and use that instead of coming up with new materials. And so I think it's, you know, I think there's sort of a confluence of factors, unfortunately. So let's change gears just a little bit and go to the website that you have. This map that you um, have regarding, I think you call it the indoctrination map, it's pretty 
pretty fascinating because there's stuff going on all over the country. There's, I think there's um, school districts where people think I'm in a, a rural school, school district, all is well here. But that is not the case. But this is a pretty fascinating map, Nicole Neely. Yes, and this is through, again, our tip line. People send us things. And what's interesting about that is almost 100% of the tips we receive, people check a box that they want to be anonymous. They fear retaliation both against themselves as well as their children, which is so fascinating to me. I mean, we have teachers, we have administrators who are frustrated about what's going on, school board members who say this stuff is being forced on our throats from the state. Um, And we really wanted to show this is not just a California and a New York problem. This is everywhere. This is in red states. This is in private schools. You know, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. But I think also at the same time, once you see this is what's happening in my backyard with my tax dollars to my children without me knowing, it also gives people a reason to get off the sidelines and do something about it. And so that to me has been one of the most encouraging things of the past three years is just watching the courage that normal people you know who were not politically active say you know what if not me then who if not now then when um and really take some of these examples and say you know what not on my watch not to my kids i'm sorry and i you know what i think let's go to break and when we come back uh, I want to talk a little bit about this indoctrination of our children and how, if, if you have some ideas on how people can turn this around, what they can do about it. I'm talking with Nicole Neely. She is the president of Parents Defending Education. The website is um, defendinged.org. And this map is absolutely fascinating. I do find it so interesting that on the uh, in the northeastern part of the United States, there's just all kinds of different little pop-ups there of different school districts where there have been incidences incidents that have been reported. Uh, so anyway, you'll, you will want to take a look at that. But when we're talking about education, uh, what they are doing at the Center for American Values, they are putting together amazing educational programs that can be used by educators, but also they just have started an online uh, civics education program for K through 12. And uh, you can get more information about all that by going to AmericanValueCenter.org. They are non-political, they are nonpartisan, but teaching these foundational principles of honor, integrity, and patriotism. And uh, we really need to to be teaching that to our children. Uh, the show comes to you because of our sponsors. One of those is Lauren Levy, and he and Karen Levine will be in in second hour. We'll talk about mortgages and property rights and um, um, what's happening in the uh, real estate market here in Colorado. So we'll talk with Lauren in the second hour. The rise in interest rates is causing challenges and creating opportunities. For nearly 20 years, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, has helped individuals realize their hopes and dreams of home ownership, fund kids' educations through second mortgages, and access capital by utilizing reverse mortgages. Lauren is not constrained to work with just one lender because he works with so many different lenders. Licensed in 49 states, Lauren offers choices for your individual mortgage needs. Preparation leads to success, so call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881 so that you're prepared for opportunity in the mortgage market. That's Lauren Levy. 
All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms is unlike any other gun store or range. My name is Tony, and I'll tell you why I first started going to Franktown, because my children wanted me to get comfortable with firearms. Franktown Firearms, it's not the kind of experience you get anywhere else. I'm not familiar with firearms, and they just took their time and really gave me the time of day to know that I was an appreciated customer of theirs. Tactical Fun Night is an absolute blast. To move and shoot, walk and reload and turn corners and hit moving targets. I've been to ladies nights a few times and the range safety officers um, helped my friend who I brought who'd never fired a gun before. I felt very comfortable. I could just shoot to my comfort level. I didn't have to show up anybody or no one was trying to show me up. They let us go to the range and try the firearms before we bought them. All of the staff there really took their time with me. After going in there for the first time we realized we didn't need to look at any other gun stores. Franktown Firearms where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email uh, and newsletter, and you'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. And, um, again, the upcoming guests. I, I just have a lot going on in my brain right now as I'm talking with Nicole Neely. She is the president of Parents Defending Education. And uh, this map that they have where there have been incidents that have been reported in different school districts and you can see if there's been something that's been reported in your school district but nicole there's i think there's can be damage to this indoctrination how can parents turn this around and in particular they're starting even in preschool to do this indoctrination it's it's subtle um becoming less subtle but how can parents turn this around if uh, their kids have been started to be indoctrinated yeah, I mean, I think the first step is, and my, you know, I kind of think about the signs you see at the airport, see something, say something. And that doesn't mean, you know, go and confront the principal or anything. You know, let us know, because I think once there's the information is out there, sunshine is the best disinfectant. Um, as we were saying before the break, some of these teachers, I think, don't even really realize that there are families who don't agree with what's happening. And so we always encourage people, you know, start small, start low, start with the teacher. You don't, again, you don't have to be confrontational. You can just ask questions. You can let your values be known. Um, you can just engage. I think showing up is a big part of this. And, you know, opt your child out, say, you know, we're not comfortable with this. And then, if you know, you get pushback from the teacher or anybody else, then escalate. You can go to the principal. If you don't get what you want from the principal, go to the superintendent. Then go to the school board. But these are your tax dollars. This is your child. No one else cares about your child the way you do. Um, and... You know, if there are, maybe you live, you know, like in Colorado, in a state where perhaps your governor, your board of education, your attorney general are not, maybe don't have family's best interests at heart. Um, We have found that, frankly, just public shaming, um, they really hate. And I have filed public records requests uncovering. I mean, they hate when they get an email from Fox News or reporters saying, why are you doing this? Did you know that this is a First Amendment violation? Did you know that, you know, you're violating the 14th Amendment? They freak out about that. Um, And so... Really, I think, to hold them accountable. And I think that transparency 
starts to change the risk calculus for a lot of these administrators. They can't get away with murder behind closed doors anymore. And they have to think twice, you know, do I really want to do this lesson plan if it means that I'm going to be talked about on Tucker Carlson tonight? Um, very often the answer is no. And so it really, I think, is bringing the family back into the process. And that's where we always should have been. I think about when I was growing up, you know, maybe I got in trouble once or twice. And I remember the principal calling my mom and they would, you know, they met in person and they figure out what can we do to get Nicole back on track? Um, and now it's, you know, I see in far too many schools and school districts a more adversarial relationship where districts assume they know what's best. We see all these schools that have what we have called parental exclusion policies that say parents don't have a right to know their child's gender identity. Um, you know, I can't make an informed choice about my kid if I don't know those things. And if you think that I'm an unfit parent, there are processes for that. Schools are mandatory reporters if you think that I'm abusive or something else. Um, and they should go through that process, but it should never just be the math teacher saying, you know what, I think because that family's Catholic, they wouldn't be supportive of a gay child. You know, that is not how our system works. And really to reiterate to these administrators and put them on notice, as, you know, as we file complaints, as stuff is in the news, they think to themselves, oh gosh, I don't want to be <clears throat> that person who's rung up. Um, and, and so really to change their behavior. So, Nicole, coming in on the text line, and the text line is 720-605-0647. One of our listeners said, you know, we just have to admit it, that, um, and I'm going to just paraphrase this, that many of these teachers are are scared, and they just... Um, they just are scared to stand up because they might lose their job, might lose, you know, the teachers are always looking or many times are looking towards their pension retirement yep. and they're afraid uh, and very afraid is what our, our listeners said. And I think I think that that's true. They have been, you know, fear is a very powerful thing to get people to sit down and shut up. And, but it's not going to get better. If people do not address this, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons that we, you know, I don't, we don't shame the teaching profession. You know, the teachers are at the whim of their unions, right? They need the insurance coverage. They're at the whim of their teach, of their principals and their school districts. Um, and so sometimes they're being forced to do things. I mean, as I have, as I said before, we have seen younger teachers bullying older teachers on some of these teacher training videos, which is just wild to me. Um, and so, um, a lot of the tips that we get actually are from teachers who are very unhappy about the teacher training programs that they have to go through um, that tell them that, you know, you're a bad person. They make the teachers do privilege walks or things like that. Um, and so we try and, you know, help those teachers whenever they can, too, because it is, I mean, I think, you know, it can be, it is a hustle and a work environment that these people don't deserve. It, it is, and it is very difficult. And there's uh, so many people that have gotten into the teaching profession because they love children, and they want to help them, um, teach them and help them learn so that they can be successful um, adults and, and, you know, live thriving lives. And I never dreamed that we would be at this situation. So one of the, a volunteer thing that I do, Nicole, is I'm president of the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, which is an all-volunteer group that has been watching legislation down at the State House since 1976. And I do want to give a shout-out to this board. It's Steve Dorman, Greg Goliansky, Russ Haas, Bill Hamill, Carl Honiger, Rob Knuth, John Nelson, Joseph Laughlin, Wendy Warner, Marty Nielsen, Remy Johnson, and Mary Jansen. 
And my friends, the people of Colorado, you owe them a big thank you. And you should join us. Go to the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, and it's only 25 bucks. So join us, and you'll get our emails that we send out each week with this legislation. But what I see down at the State House right now here in Colorado is all kinds of different pieces of legislation that are a direct direct assault upon parental rights as far as there's a bill going through right now that uh, would say that um, schools need to affirm uh, pronouns and then I'm not sure if it's in that bill exactly but parents do not have to be notified about this. So my concern when you just mentioned um, I think in the last segment or just recently regarding uh, teachers have to report suspected abuse and Mm -hmm. my concern is is that it's going to get to a point where it's considered parental abuse to not use these different pronouns and to you know like if if your daughter comes home and says i'm a boy and how many tomboys you know how many people have i was a tomboy and i'm really grateful that my parents didn't transition me because of that and I'm concerned that teachers are going to really get into a tough spot where they might be required to report if a parent says no we're not doing this whole pronoun political game yeah no I think it's a very valid concern and we have seen in states like California where child protective services has has actually taken kids out of families because they they would not affirm um, which is really really frightening but You know, I think a little bit of good news on that front. Um, We actually yesterday just announced a settlement. We had sued a district in Iowa last year um, because they had one of these parental exclusion policies as well as um, a a compelled speech provision where if students misgendered other students, they could be subject to discipline up to and including expulsion. That's a First Amendment violation. You are compelling the speech of children. Districts are not entitled to force children to say words that they don't believe in. Um, and um, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals and the federal the federal courts um, found that, yes, it is a First Amendment violation. They sent it back down, um, and the district settled. Um, the parental exclusion part, uh, fortunately slash unfortunately, Governor Kim Reynolds um, passed a bill saying that parents have to be notified, and so the things like that, I think, are still being sorted out. But I think this, this compelled speech, this forcing people to do and say things against their belief is something that is so core, so fundamental to America, that is something that the Supreme Court will eventually take up. And I do very much firmly believe that they will rule in our favor. There is over 100 years of jurisprudence saying parents have a right to direct the care and upbringing of their children. Um, be it from, I mean, you think back to the World War II, there was a case about, you know, did um, uh, Students have to be compelled to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, schools can't force that, and they can't force parents to do things either. And so, while it is still, I think we're still in kind of the messy phase. I do very much believe that at the end, in the end, we will prevail. Wow! And uh, we've have just a, about a minute left. How would you like to button this up, Nicole Neely? And thank you for the work uh, that you're doing and parents defending education of what you're doing. So, how would you like to button this up? No, I mean, I encourage everyone to go to our website, um, look at the resources so they can learn about I, I think of our job almost as translating lawyer into English. What is Title IX? What is Title VI? What is the First Amendment? Um, so they can, they can make themselves a little bit, you know, smarter and more better armed to fight back against the powers that be. But then also they can submit tips to us. Um, we love to out the bad guys. Um, you know, I will take the slings and arrows. People don't need to be the ones who have their names attached to any of these things. Um, and, and, and go from there because 
this is a silent majority, and we will win. This is one thing, you know, these issues really unite left and right and minorities. And so there is such strong support for parental rights in America. Together, we can win this. Okay, Nicole Neely, thank you so much for being in the battle. And again, that's Nicole Neely. She is the president of Parents Defending Education. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much. And our quote for the end of the end of the show is from George Washington, and it's a little longer, but it's this. He said, government is not reason. It is not eloquent. It is force. Like fire, it is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Experience has taught us that it is much easier to prevent an enemy from posting themselves than it is to dislodge them after they have got possession. And when the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. Okay, that's George Washington, pretty darn wise. And um, my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. And stay tuned for hour number two. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our bodies. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team. That's producer Joe, Luke, Rachel, Nicole, Zach, Echo, Charlie, Pamela, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Can you believe it's Thursday, producer Joe? The week's flying by, and every week flies by faster. <laughs> and you're just, you're a young whippersnapper to be able to be saying that. But you're absolutely, absolutely right. And uh, as my father said, time waits on no one. And that's why we need to each day do the very best that we can. And when I say we're made for this moment, we are. Check out the website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests and our most recent essays. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com. 
text line is 720-605-0647. Last segment of this show, we'll take call-ins, 303-477-5600. Thank you to all of you who support us. And we look at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And socialism is not about free stuff. And the government can't give something to somebody that they haven't taken from somebody else. So with Joe Biden forgiving all this debt, the student loan debt, A, it's not constitutional for him to do that. Uh, but uh, he can't do that unless he takes it from something else. And again, with this illegal immigration, uh, we reported yesterday in Massachusetts that I think the cost was like $67 a day that vendors are being paid just for three meals per illegal immigrant. And that's a lot. So anyway, uh, socialism is about force and government cannot give something to somebody they haven't taken from somebody else. On the show, we focus on issues, not people or personalities. We will name names regarding the different issues, but we're focusing on issues. Uh, Check out America's Veterans Stories this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. We interviewed Wade Bennett, who is he's actually the, the nephew of Colonel Bill Rutledge, who is on regularly and bill uh, colonel rutledge is um he'll be 96 uh this year so i had a great interview wade bennett was in the merchant marines the merchant marines in world war ii lost more men than any other branch of service and i did not know that uh, he did bring up something that while we're looking at all of this funding going to ukraine forgiving student loan debt he uh he's he's uh, wade bennett's concerned about our Merchant Marines and where we're at right now. He said we have 80 ships in the Merchant Marines and China has 5,500. Seems like that could be a problem. So anyway, this is a great day. In studio with me is uh, great sponsors, Karen Levine and Lauren Levy. They are both and they're sponsors of both the shows, The Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories. Karen Levine, great to have you here. It is lovely to be here. <laughs> Last night was wine and tapas, and I try to not have to have you be in studio the day after wine and tapas, but it just worked out this way because we're normally trying to get you in on Fridays, but, but uh, Lauren's doing some great traveling, and Lauren Levy's in studio as well, mortgage specialist. Great to have you here. So it's my fault everybody's hungover. <laughs> That's exactly it. I don't believe any of us admitted to such a thing. <laughs> But the conversation... Half asleep, yes. Yeah. No. Was robust. It was. It was good conversation. Good information. Good information. So, okay. It's George Washington's birthday. So I went to George Washington for our quote of the day. And this is it. Uh, George Washington was born on this day, February 22, 1732. He died in 1799. He was uh, our founding father. He was the general of the Continental Army. And he was our first president. He was the president over the Constitutional Convention. Am I missing anything else? Anyway, he said this. Truth will ultimately prevail where there is pains to bring it to light. And so that's why we do the show. I was going to say, you're creating the pain. (laughs) (laughs) Today I am. Yes, definitely. Our word of the day and your... um, challenge is to use it and you can this will be an easy one i don't know pronouncing it seemed difficult this morning <laughs> pernicious yes pernicious it is p-e-r-n-i-c-i-o-u-s and it could be highly injurious or injurious i guess and or destructive 
uh, it could be archaic and wicked. And uh, I tell you, with some of these different uh, bills that are being presented, it is very pernicious uh, what is happening down at the state house. But I did mention this, and and Susan took the, sent this over. Uh, she sent over her copy of her her uh, um, property tax bill last year, and it was hold on here fourteen thousand seven hundred and one dollars. Her new one this year, forty-two thousand dollars. This is not sustainable. I think what's interesting is that the light it is shining on situations, Kim, is the attack on small business. And small business is what built America. And I think it's really sad because many of these bills at the state house are taking away rights of small business. Um, I have a cabin. I'm very privileged to have a cabin in a, home, in a trout club and hiring for a position there we are so limited by government overlay as far as how we can pay them how much we must pay them Mm -hmm. it's not market driven anymore Mm -hmm. it's mandated Mm -hmm. and it continues to cause costs to rise which means affordability can't be achieved and yet all the conversation in the housing market is housing's not affordable Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable lauren levy huh it is. I was just trying to see what type of uh, property it was. Only you know, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's a, a com- it's a commercial property. Okay. It's um, a drive-in, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is a big jump. Yeah. That's. It's not sustainable. And just think about no. that. That's going to be every year. There's going to be something like that. I'm not in, well. No, we don't reassess every year. We only reassess every two years. Oh, what I mean is, is yes. that she will have to pay that. Well, exactly. Every year. Oh, yeah. And, unless, uh, the, unless the market tanks and then her property's not worth anything. So, you know, these are the pros and cons. Yeah, and that uh, would not be good. No. And so this is very pernicious, wouldn't you agree? Very pernicious. Okay. <laughs> Next thing, bill of the day. This is back from last year when it didn't get through. House Bill 241175. Prime sponsors are Representative Bozenecker, Representative Sirota, uh, Senator Winter, Senator Waquez Lewis, and it is concerning a local government's right of first refusal or offer to purchase qualifying multifamily property for the purpose of providing long-term affordable, or we'll say uh, subsidized housing, or mixed income development. This is not the proper role of government to be buying property. And when government gets in, they're using tax dollars to compete in the market with private enterprise. Ultimately, this I think this is another assault upon private property rights, Karen. It most definitely is. And it takes away the free market. That, like you said, it doesn't afford us consumers, us people, just normal people, to go out and buy and sell property if the government is going to have the first right to do that. Then it takes properties out of the marketplace so there is less competition or more competition for less homes, Mm -hmm. less properties. It is, well, it it was in the governor's package last year, and now they're pulling all those parts and pieces out and bringing them forth one at a time. And our legislative committee at the state association, the state realtor association, they're buried. I was just reading the capital connection update and they just 
highlighted three bills that are happening down at the Capitol just last week that have to do with private property rights and home ownership. Can we talk about that when we we come back? Okay, that'll be great. And uh, today in studio with me is Lauren Levy. He is an expert in everything mortgage. And Lauren, let's just talk a little bit about that. You said before... Uh, we got on, went on the air that you're 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 busy that you're seeing the housing uh, market pick up and that's that's good. That's great. I mean, anytime things are moving and not stuck for whatever reason, it's it's nice to see, right? It's creating wealth opportunities for people and values are staying. Values are there. Um, things we're not seeing things dropping. I'm not at least no problem with appraisals and you know so it's, things are moving. Are you seeing much action in Denver with all of the stuff that's happening in Denver? Uh, are, are people it's buying? Funny. Um, yes. I mean, I, I, the, the transactions I've been involved with lately have been more suburbia, you know, like Golden. or. But I've, we've seen some Denver stuff for sure, especially if it's younger people and doing condos. And I have a client that just sold a condo yesterday in Denver so we can buy something else. He wants to move out of the city, but that's because he's going to grow a family, not mm-hmm. for any other reason. But his property got snapped up right away. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think everywhere. Okay. And what are you seeing, Karen? Yeah, the activity is really robust. We're seeing lots of um, activity as far as sellers wanting to sell. They feel there's opportunity for them now with rates you know, coming down just a little bit. And once the house is on the market, if it is priced appropriately and it is properly prepared for this, the marketplace, it is selling in the first 30 days. Okay. And um, it's interesting, though, the philosophy of some sellers is because of lack of inventory, they believe they can push their values up. And in pushing their initial list price up, they're harming themselves because we have astute buyers in the market and the buyers have been watching values. Values have stayed stable. There has been some appreciation, but the lack of inventory is not creating that buyer to say, I'm going to overpay for the property. And so they're just waiting for an appropriate price property to come on the market. They may end up in competition, but they feel that that opportunity is better than the overpriced property. And so we're really counseling our sellers to be mindful of how they price their properties coming on the market, to be successful and to walk away with the most amount of mm-hmm. equity possible and the easiest transaction, you know, less stressful. Okay. And uh, how can people reach you, Karen Levine? Well, they can reach me at 303-877-7516. And how about you, Lauren Levy, regarding all things mortgages? 303-880-8881. And we're going to continue these discussions. Uh, we get to do this because of our sponsors, like Karen Levine and Lauren Levy and Roger Mangan and his State Farm Insurance team. And, and uh, Roger knows that life can be challenging, and it's their mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. So call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this. I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. 
for personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Well, okay. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You should not have to force people to do it. Uh, The USMC Memorial Foundation. uh, I wrote down to Pueblo uh, a couple of days ago with my friend Jody and Paula Sarles. Uh, for an event down there, and the center is just doing amazing work. And they did their first on values uh, presentation. And a new board member, former Bronco, was with the DEA for 20 years, and now is, is handling Bronco security. Is Keith Bishop? Uh, he was the speaker. Uh, but uh, Paula Sarles uh, with the USMC Memorial Foundation is uh, they're planning some things in March. It's her birthday. And you're going to have to stay tuned with some of the stuff that's going to happen. But I said, perhaps for your birthday, we could you could do a fundraiser where people could buy a candle for your birthday cake. And she goes, well, we'll talk to Zach and we'll see what he has, has, to, has to say about that. Uh, speaking of birthdays, Karen Levine, you had a birthday and I missed it. Uh, I don't know how I blew through that without saying happy birthday. So happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. It yeah. was a great birthday. Good. I'm glad to hear that. But again, okay, these two nonprofits I love, Center for American Values, check them out. It's AmericanValuesCenter.org and USMCMemorialFoundation.org as well. So during the break, Lauren Levy, you said that people are really looking at some of these reverse mortgages now. They have a lot of equity in their homes and may need to tap it because, I mean, my gosh, these taxes. You took a look at this. Can you believe this for Susan Kochevar? No. I, that's 400%. That's a, that's a lot. That's a quadrupling. That's, mm-hmm. that's it's sustainable. It, or it's not sustainable to make that happen. No. But uh, you are helping people with reverse mortgages. And so what's that look like right now? Yeah, we're helping more. There's actually a new product that's come out within the last, I would say, six months because I think the reverse mortgage, we always talk about that opportunity shows itself and these companies get creative and reverse mortgages have always come in and wiped out the first mortgage and taken first lien position and all that's involved with that. They're now offering seconds where they leave the first mortgage alone. So if someone has a a manageable, you know, 2.75% first mortgage that they like, they can keep paying and it'll actually help them maintain equity in the home because they'll be paying that payment down. 
but they just need help in with debts or whatever, they'll do a second now that's easier to qualify because it doesn't have a payment, and it grows in reverse. Um, but it's a lot easier to qualify for, and it's a pretty cool product, and it's just there for you know people that need. I, I mentioned debt. There's a lot of people, I think, that are carrying credit card debt. Credit card debt right now in this country is the highest it's ever been, and that's not disputable. And I just think there's a lot of people that are carrying a lot of debt, which can really be stressful. It, it can be stressful. And, gosh, Lauren, I mean, we look at public policy here in Colorado. My understanding that Denver, in Denver is number one in the country per capita per uh, illegal immigrants. And so... What's wrong with this picture? For example, uh, Susan, this huge tax bill, and then inflation. Um, all of these things that are occurring, you know, higher and higher taxes across the board, that Americans are getting squeezed, and yet they're being asked to pay for, for example, uh, forgiving student loan debt or paying for all of this illegal immigration. It, and people are taking debt on debt just to survive. Absolutely. Never mind the debt our country's taking on because they'll just borrow to pay some of this stuff, and that's exploding as well. But, no, you're right. I mean, I, you read about credit card debt. You read about uh, kids living with parents longer and longer and longer or kids having to help, having get help from their parents on a monthly basis just to survive. Um, there's a lot of that. I mean, it's it's tough. Boy, Karen, what are you what are you seeing? I mean, and I know that you've been able to help some young people get into homes, but this is just unsustainable. It is. It is very challenging. Okay. But it, my year started out very positively from the standpoint that I got to so far help three first-time home buyers buy homes, and awesome. and that was really awesome to see because last year that was not the case. So just a little bit of. Um, more time for saving under their belts um, for in one case we were waiting for this young man's um, overtime to be able to be counted towards his income so he had to have history he was able to achieve that initially he was going to buy with a friend which we've seen that and that scenario sort of changed and he is buying and closing today um, on his own on a new build which is so exciting. We talk about new construction, which, again, we don't have enough of. But if you are willing to go outside of um, the Metro Denver area and head to Bennett and east, there's some really lovely, affordable new home product out there, and the builders are offering some amazing incentives. Okay. And if people are looking at a new build, uh, they just need to have you go with them so that you're on their side of the table representing their interests. Yes. And I was really pleased with this transaction that I'm doing with Lennar Homes. They were very respectful of the relationship I have with my buyer. And all builders in the front range just say, bring your realtor with you on the first visit and let's get that relationship established. And they most builders in the front range want to have the buyer have good representation and somebody involved on on their side of the mm -hmm. table so it's a win-win okay well let's uh, jump over here there are things coming in on the uh, text line it says uh, this is from one of our listeners said their commercial building 
is uh, unfortunately in Adams County, and the tax keeps going up every year. The last few years, it's gone up five thousand dollars a year, which you know that's a, that's a significant lot. hit. Uh, they said this year it went up around seventeen hundred, but they are considering pulling our small business out of Colorado. Some of these houses coming on the market. Do you do you th- are people leaving Colorado? They are. They it's very it's interesting. They are tired of fighting the fight. Um, they want their freedom back, so they're going to places in our country that are offering um, more opportunity. Um, we're seeing small business leave. We're seeing people leaving housing, but they're not leaving enough housing. I mean, mm-hmm. we still need more inventory. Um, it's challenging, and it's it's very sad for me, a native born and raised here, just to see the changes that have happened. We were, we were a place that um, held on tight to freedom and um, the the ways of the West, mm-hmm. right? That uh, rugged individualism, mm-hmm. Lauren Levy. Uh, in the mortgage market, what are, what you know? What are you seeing? Are, are people coming in? People leaving? Or what do you? I, mean, see? I don't. I don't. Unfortunately, I don't deal with that a lot because if people are leaving, I don't really get to do no. anything. Yeah. There's nothing for me to really do, but I can just. Although like, yes, no. I mean, I can help them if they're buying somewhere else. I know you're going to say that, <laughs> but um, and, you, I, and it's funny. I am doing that. I do okay. have a girl that's buying in Texas right now. Okay, she's out looking. So that's a good point to make. Thank you. Um, but I forty nine states. Yeah. Every state except New York, you right. can help them with. Yeah. Right. But I think think about my friends and my friend circle, and when we're together on weekends and stuff, a bunch of my friends. Not so much me because I. I think I'll always work and I enjoy what I do, but some of them are in the corporate world. And as we get older, they're like, where are we going to be next? You know, and it's always like, we should get around a lake in Tennessee or, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhere in Oklahoma. It's Mm -hmm. always these, you know, red states and and not here, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as they want to when they're done working. Mm -hmm. So I I do hear that a lot. I I loved this. I I, I, I'm saying I loved the state. I still do. However, this is not the state that I, I came to. And one of our listeners said, and it's almost like, okay, Kim, say it. We have gone right past socialism here in Colorado, and we've gone right to communism. And gosh, as I look at this legislation down there, I, I'm, on Friday afternoons with the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, the way this works is uh, we buy this software called Bill Track 50. And it was created by a woman that lived in Colorado. She lives in London now. And it tracks all of the legislation throughout all 50 states, so hence Bill Track 50 and Congress. So it populates, she has figured out with her software, it'll populate all of the bills that are scheduled for hearing the next week. You mentioned the, the your legislative group at... Um, the Colorado Association of Realtors. Yeah, yeah, and they're paid to do that. We're all volunteers. Oh, they're well. No, no. That's oh, they're not. not? Sh- no, we oh. have one. We have well, at the state level, I think now there are three staff people. But no, we have a legislative committee that's made up of forty volunteers that are statewide realtors that are practicing just like me, and they take their Fridays or their Wednesdays, okay. and, and they put in a Hours. lot of time. Okay. Yeah, a lot of time. Well, I, I was talking with the board this week because we had our meeting, and I bet with the email that we create, I bet there's probably 60, 70 hours of, of work that goes into it. Um, anyway, we take a look at it, and uh, so it'll populate. So last Friday morning, I looked at it, 
and it had 160 bills. And I can feel myself getting cranky because that means I'm going to have to go through those. But I think they pared them down because I didn't get to it till early, early on Saturday morning. And there were 88, and we took positions on 24. Uh, but then I put it out to the team. They have the weekend to come in with their positions, and they make comments on it. Then on Sunday evening or early early on Monday morning, I create this email that goes out to the legislators. Uh, and as I look at this this legislation, Lauren, I mean, we're headed towards communism here. I mean, just from what I see, it's kind of like a freight train, right? It's it's all they're all on the one side. Yeah. And the majority is so big. You know, it's got to be frustrating to try to fight the fight and know that the numbers aren't there most of the time. Well, and to that, to the the Republicans that are holding the line, and I, this is not really a Republican-Democrat thing. These Democrats, and I was talking with someone, they said, you're, you're radicals on both sides, mm-hmm. far right or far left. In fact, somebody said they actually come together. They get so far far out, <laughs> out of whack. The other side. Yeah. But we are, this Democrat Party is now being controlled by radical activists. This is not the party of JFK at, at all. Um, and what I see is that, uh, you know, the big broad middle we, we've got to get this turned around, Karen. We just do. Well, and I think what's sad is the big, broad middle feels left out, but they don't know how to react. I mean, so they're, like, paralyzed? You know what I mean? They're not having the conversations. Because we've all been told you can't have those conversations anymore. Do not, do not have those conversations. So when I bring up a conversation, um, it gets scary around the table. And I'm like, whoa, let's talk about how you feel about this issue and let's see why and then let's talk about how I feel about this issue when you start to have those conversations you find out we're pretty close-minded there's some nuances about why I feel close-minded not close-minded close Close. yeah yes exactly and I had a conversation in my government affairs committee a couple of opposing um, people to something we were discussing and they felt that they couldn't be heard and I said, if I, as your chair, don't allow you to be heard, I'm not doing my job because right. we need to hear all perspectives. Right. And I also want you to know, as the minority, you're not going to get more time to be heard. You're going to get equal time that the majority will also get to, you know, have mm-hmm. their say. But I want to hear all ideas. Absolutely. And out of that, I was like, you know, there's a couple of things here we may not have considered that we should have. And that's important. And voices are being shut down at the state house. That's exactly the, yes, yeah. the point I'm making. It is, uh, it's rather remarkable to see these videos. But light is being shed on this. And as uh, George Washington said, truth will ultimately prevail where there is pains to bring it to light. In studio with me is mortgage expert Lauren Levy, 303-880-8881, and Karen Levine, um, award-winning realtor with Remax Alliance, 303-877-7516. And uh, we get to have these great discussions. We have a great new sponsor, and that is Lavaca Meat Company. Lavaca Meat Company takes great pride in selling only the best. Lavaca Meat Company is a third-generation family-owned business with its roots in eastern Colorado. Lavaca means the cow in Spanish. As our name implies, we only sell beef. No poultry, pork, bison, or game. Just premium quality aged mouth-watering beef. 
Our store is located at the corner of Maine and Nevada in the historic Coors Building in downtown Littleton. For a steakhouse experience at home, visit us in person or shop online at lavacameat.com. Lavaca Meat Company, only the best. Again, that's lavacameat.com. The rise in interest rates is causing challenges and creating opportunities. For nearly 20 years, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, has helped individuals realize their hopes and dreams of home ownership, fund kids' educations through second mortgages, and access capital by utilizing reverse mortgages. Lauren is not constrained to work with just one lender because he works with so many different lenders. Licensed in 49 states, Lauren offers choices for your individual mortgage needs. Preparation leads to success, so call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881 so that you're prepared for opportunity in the mortgage market. That's Lauren Levy. 303-880-8881. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Uh, thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. In studio with me is Lauren Levy. Everything mortgage in 49 states, just not New York. But... But people are leaving New York like crazy. Yeah, I just got to get it. I, I don't know them yet, so I got to get to know them. So <laughs> I'm like, really? And and what would that number be for them to call you? Uh, 303-880-8881. Okay. And Karen Levine in studio, 303-877-7516. Everything uh, regarding real estate. Uh, um, residential real residential estate. Residential real estate. Sure. Let's talk about a few of these bills that uh, the Realtor Association is looking at. Well, I thought let's start with a positive. I love that. Um, so Senate Bill 24-106, the right to remedy construction defects. To, and then this it's about time. That's right? all I can say. About time. So we've been, we've talked here on the radio um, regarding construction defect legislation that's been in place for over a decade, which has really put um, a burden on bringing affordable product to our marketplace, new affordable product, because um, that legislation puts such a burden on developers that for them to come out of the ground with a new product, they had to go get um, And this would be for condos or townhomes, right? Well, that's really what it affected, yes. And so what we found is these laws did not affect or have anything to do with rental units. So listeners have been very frustrated with the amount of rental apartment buildings being built across the Front Range, but no ownership units. And the reason no ownership units is the cost of errors and emissions insurance is so expensive that they can't bring the product 
to the market affordably. So this particular bill coming out of the Senate, um, sponsors are um, Senator Zenzinger, Coleman, and Byrd, and they are working in supporting this bill, which would create the right to remedy, which says instead of going to litigation, let's give the developer and or the builder, if a defect comes to be known, give them the right to rectify it, make it right. We used to do that in the normal marketplace mm -hmm. before this legislation. And our hope, the realtor's hope, is that, that if we can get this bill passed, it will help with affordability and the ability to bring more mm -hmm. product, condo units to the marketplace. Which are ownership units. Ownership units, yes. And we talk all the time about property rights. So um, let's see here. As one of our listeners said, if the Constitution is center, aren't the conservatives in the middle and not on the right? <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. Okay. How about some of these? Uh, I'm just multitasking yeah. here. So uh, next thing. That, uh, um, so the Realtor Association is opposed to House Bill 24-1299, which is a short-term rental unit property tax certification. And that would be, again, adding burden to our small mom-and-pop uh, property owners, private property owners, and creating more expense. Um, it's basically putting a tax on or a charge or a fee that is relative to a lodging rate where short-term rentals have been an affordable opportunity for people to come visit our state and spend time with family. I used short-term rentals outside of the state of Colorado when we would go visit um, son, daughter-in-law, and grandchildren. It was great. The house was across the street. It was very convenient. Um, we were good citizens. You didn't have a wild party up until four no. in the morning? No. I, you know, brewed a cup of coffee in the morning and walked across the street. She shuts it street. down at 2.30. I do. 2.30 a.m. That's it. We have our... <laughs> but every... What's interesting is there's, there's always, or potentially, there's a bad apple in all situations in life. So we address the one bad apple and forget to protect all the good apples. And that's what I see is you get these fringe arguments, mm -hmm. uh, Lauren Levy, that then um, PBIs are more than happy to come in and exert control on, on that. And uh, again, it seems like it goes to the fringe to, to make these arguments, Lauren. Yep. <clears throat> we talk about unintended consequences all the time. And they'll try to fix some little niche problem and ruin it for a lot of things and you know, I can imagine, we were talking about the right of first refusal on these mm -hmm. apartment buildings. Can you imagine if you wanted to sell your building and the government had first right, how long it would take? Right. You'd lose your buyer like 10 times over while you're waiting for a decision from the state. Right. Like that yeah. would be a nightmare. That is a really important point. And the thing is, depending on the marketplace, could be very, very harmful to that seller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In most cases, it would be Yeah, the be market positive. could totally turn over on them while they're waiting. Well, we saw that happen when interest rates... In, didn't double, but they increased substantially um, in that very short 30 days, six weeks period of time, that if it was a government situation, that seller would have lost um, the opportunity to sell because of affordability, just the change of the market. Wow. Yeah, that's a good, and that's an important point. Mm -hmm. This just came in, and I we've never talked about this. We have all these building inspectors, and uh, this listener said, and, and if you don't put your name on there, I don't, I'm not sure who you are, So, but great point. And if you want me to name you, I will do that. So just put your name on there. Uh, it says building inspectors should be responsible for building defects. They're supposed to be quality control. It's like, well, that's a good point. Oh, yes. And guess what? Those are, those are um, government employees. 
those inspectors. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. Isn't that curious? Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. So he he that that individual is absolutely correct that w- each municipality is required to have all these inspections by the municipality's inspectors to ensure safety and good quality and all that stuff. So again, if those are happening, we had a situation of a story that was shared at lunch the other day a developer in the Greenwood Village area bringing some condominium ownership units to the marketplace got separate inspectors involved because he wanted to make sure that there would be no construction defect issues on his units. He went above and beyond on all cases. And the legal population goes and looks for reasons to sue these organizations, Mm -hmm. and he is in two lawsuits of which he should not be in. And he he had tried to do everything. Everything right, and to, you know, because oh, he wanted to bring product to the market. He was being innovative. He he said, "This is what our communities need. I'm going to try and do it right." And he did it right. And then they came in from the back door, and it's typically what they will tell the homeowners, the board of directors at the HOA, is that there is a drainage problem, which we do have. That is mm-hmm. that, that does, happens. It yeah. happens. We have snow. Mm-hmm. The snow melts and sometimes and rain <laughs> and rain, and then it has to go somewhere. But they start there, and then they walk around the buildings and they identify things that really aren't affecting day to day living, but to create these lawsuits. Mm-hmm. It's a very sad situation. It is a sad situation. So. I want to go back to the short-term rental, yes. changing the short-term rental designation so that there's lodging taxes makes it more difficult, as you said, for small business owners to own these. And so, and we've seen a lot of communities that have really pushed back on short-term rentals and put in place different ordinances regarding that. Because, I, and I think behind that is what they may be trying to do is maintain their single-family neighborhoods Mm -hmm. but yet what we're seeing again through these land use bills that that in that big one uh was what was called adus or they're calling them um mother-in-law units or auxiliary auxiliary dwelling dwelling unit yes (laughs) so that means that people and and in fact no i can't remember who told me this that they had talked to a pbi uh and the PBI said that you could build this ADU, this auxiliary dwelling unit. You could live it in in your backyard, and then you could actually put illegal immigrants in your house. And then, if in exchange for rent, you could have them like do all of your lawn work and everything. I mean, can you, I mean that's wild. What's happening? So an ADU is going to change the fabric of a. Of, of a neighborhood and those folks down at the state house are pushing that through while then making it more difficult for individuals to who be already, in the business who already to, made this investment yeah at a time that it and now they're taking away their rights so we talk about private property rights at the time they believed that when they invested in this property they could do these things with this much overhead, these much costs that could be profitable for them. Um, And I understand, like you said, you have single family communities that were trying to limit or control short-term rentals. 
The thing that people forget is that the marketplace will control it for you if you will stay out of the way. Well said, Karen Levine. That is for sure. So, okay. So, uh, we will continue on with all these great discussions with Karen Levine and Lauren Levy. And we get to do this because of great sponsors like John Boson with Boson Law. A recent report notes that the number of children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder is consistently and dramatically increasing. This is heartbreaking. If your child or grandchild or someone you know has been diagnosed with autism or ADHD following exposure to Tylenol or acetaminophen during pregnancy, call Boson Law at 303-999-9999. Boson Law is a Colorado-based law firm who has been fighting Big Pharma for over 20 years. Call now at 303-999-9999 for a free, no-obligation review of your potential claim. Call now at 303-999-9999. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms is unlike any other gun store or range. My name is Tony, and I'll tell you why I first started going to Franktown, because my children wanted me to get comfortable with firearms. Franktown Firearms, it's not the kind of experience you get anywhere else. I'm not familiar with firearms, and they just took their time and really gave me the time of day to know that I was an appreciated customer of theirs. Tactical Fun Night is an absolute blast. To move and shoot, walk and reload and turn corners and hit moving targets. I've been to ladies nights a few times and the range safety officers um, helped my friend who I brought who'd never fired a gun before. I felt very comfortable. I could just shoot to my comfort level. I didn't have to show up anybody or no one was trying to show me up. They let us go to the range and try the firearms before we bought them. All of the staff there really took their time with me. After going in there for the first time we realized we didn't need to look at any other gun stores. Franktown Firearms where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues. Through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Um, we were talking about high cost. And we want to hear from you, 303-477-5600. Coming in on the text line, somebody went to a lunch place, a breakfast lunch place, and I won't say the name, and they got a cup of soup, a plain bagel, and a cup of coffee. They said it was $17. Mm, I'm pretty sure that's probably right. Yeah. You cannot get breakfast for under twenty dollars. You can't get much for under fifteen. Like right. any, anything. Like I remember being younger, and I'm not talking forty years ago. I remember. I'm not that. I remember <laughs> going. To, I remember going to, to, to Chipotle with ten bucks, and you were good to go. Yeah. Right, and those days are pretty much over. Mm-hmm. And this is because of government policy. People need to understand that. Well, when you make minimum wage, whatever it is, fifteen. Close, yeah. Yeah, you make it minimum wage fifteen. I'm sorry, the price of food has to go up to cover the wages. Mm-hmm. Right, and then the, there's the cost of uh, 
you know, like you say, the cost of food goes up as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. So this came in from a listener. It says the Adams County assessor has actually told us if you can't afford to pay the tax, maybe you should just sell your building or rent it out. Wow. Well, it's and it is interesting because there is a common thread here, which I have not done any research regarding Adams County specifically, but um, we own a couple of rental properties and our property taxes on our Adams County property was the worst. Hmm. We have one a property in Larimer County. We have a couple in Jefferson County. And when the tax bill came in, my husband was like, oh, my gosh, because our value was appropriate. I mean, we looked at the assessed value. So I don't know what they did as far as changing their mill levies mm-hmm. in addition to the, which would be curious because I think Susan's property is in. Adam's and kidding. the comment mm-hmm. that Lauren made. This I is, know. I mean, we talk about all the time why you work with people like us or you know karen unreal because I, I, I do have this conversation all the time with people who are just starting to look and when they want me to qualify them and tell them what they can afford my first question and they're usually surprised by it is where are you looking because i just know off the top of my head what counties are more expensive than others so i tell them like are you looking in denver or are you looking in douglas county they tend to have the lower property taxes denver yep Okay. If you look at Arapahoe and Adams, they tend to be the highest. And so if someone says to me, well, I'm looking in Aurora or I'm looking in, and I know the county, I automatically bump their property taxes mm-hmm. because I don't want to qualify. I don't want to qualify them for a Douglas County property. A $500,000 home or $700,000 home in Douglas County is going to have a higher payment in Adams County same because house. of the property taxes, same house. And it's, it can be significant. It'd be 100, 150 bucks a month difference and that could be the difference between qualifying or not and you don't want to tell someone yeah you can afford this house but only here you got to make sure they're looking in the right place so when they're working with a realtor they got to talk to them and be like this is what i can afford and i always tell people when you're looking when you're out with your realtor look at the listing it'll disclose the property taxes and make sure you're aware of how much those are depending mm-hmm. where you're looking well and we used to talk a lot about when interest rates were lower about pre-qualifying, and we really haven't talked about that, but that would be something people could reach out to you, and you're going to counsel them on all that then. I, yeah, we I never mean, they have to take that. into account, if, if, depending on the property, people forget about HOA dues a lot of times. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just going to do a condo. That's terrific. What are the HOA dues on that thing? Because Karen will tell you, we've seen some crazy ones. And, uh, and they're going up because of the cost of insurance. Mm-hmm. And so, but taxes are an important thing. When people talk to mm-hmm. me, I'm always, I always ask them, what part of the state are you looking in? What county? And I can pretty much tell right away what I need to add in for taxes. Boy, and that's, that's really significant now that we're looking at these new tax, mm-hmm. these property Adams tax Adams has taxes. always been high, in my opinion. As yeah. long as I've been doing this, they've always been the highest. Them and then Arapaho is pretty close, but Douglas is lower for sure. Okay. What about Boulder? Do you look at Boulder much? Not too much. Um, just the reason is I just, they're on their different MLS up there, and I don't have a lot of reach up that way, to be fair. I haven't okay. done a lot up there. Okay. So next question, and I think that uh, you talked a little bit about this, but this illegal immigration, are you seeing that effect where buyers want to live at all, Karen? I'm not seeing it with the clientele that I'm working with, but I do know a couple of 
members on the Government Affairs Committee at the Realtor Association has said that they're not moving, but they live in Denver um, and the communities that they service and live in, um, there's resistance to buyers wanting to buy in those communities when you walk down the street and there are people living, you know, in tents, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It's just not appealing um, and it is affecting their property values. So it was nice to hear Lauren say that the condominium in Denver sold quickly. I know our team has a listing over on Wawada and I don't know that it is its location that's the problem. It's its HOA dues, you know, at six hundred and some dollars a month. How can that be? Well, HOA dues. Well, because it's it's covering it's covering insurance, it's covering amenities. If they have pools, if they have um, tennis courts, whatever, um, parking. It's um, one of the properties Lauren and I were involved in has twenty four hour security. Um, they have a reception desk. Um, so if if wages are going up for those people to sit at the reception desk, that's getting passed on through the HOA dues. Insurance statewide has mm-hmm. gone up 30%. So you look at taxes have gone up. You look at insurance has gone up. Th- that all goes into an HOA due. And granted, the consumer would be paying that independently if they weren't in a community with HOA dues. Mm-hmm. But we continue to have the conversation about affordability and yet we bring forth all these bills that do not help affordability they cause things to be more expensive so before we got together last night uh, the city i live in lone tree was having a dog and pony show regarding what do you want the city to look like and so i ran over and i took pictures of all the different things and one of them was accessible housing and I thought, hmm, that's what does accessible housing mean? And of course, then there was a government option that was, uh, I think, asking that question. And you mentioned it. The answer is, and it's Ronald Reagan. He said, "Government is not the answer to the. Is not the solution. Government is the problem." Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I have watched this. One of our listeners said, um, oh, they mentioned gated communities as well." This listener said, just like the socialist takeover of health ca- the healthcare industry, we're witnessing the takeover of the housing industry. And Karen, you and I have wow. been watching this. Mm-hmm. I, uh, but and that is a that is a very good example. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we can't give up. Nope. That's why we have to have these discussions, and that's why uh, we are an independent voice, and that's why these sponsors. I work with amazing people, people that strive for excellence in all that they do, and. Um, Lauren Levy, uh, final thought. <laughs> no, I think you mentioning your listeners are texting in. People have to be active, I guess. If you want something to happen that you don't like, you want to fix something, you can just sit there on your couch and talk to your spouse and be like, this is BS and I can't believe my HOA dues are doing this and that. Or you can join the board and have a say and go to the meetings and you know put your opinions out there, rally your friends and try to make change happen, right? Mm-hmm. Or else it'll just happen. The people that care more will make their change happen Mm -hmm. and not always in your best interest. So get involved is what I would say. I totally agree with you on that. And um, Brad Beck presented last Mm -hmm. night on how to give an effective two to three minute, might even be one minute uh, testimony as you're going and and, uh, maybe testifying at the state house or 
or down at a school board or in front of city council. So, and Lauren Levy, phone number, you can help people in 49 of the states, uh, just not New York. But if they're moving out of New York, they can call mm-hmm. you. That's right. It's uh, 303-880-8881. Lauren Levy, I, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And Karen Levine, your final thought. Well, my final thought it was something you just said about Brad Beck, which is if given the opportunity, which each and every one of us has the opportunity to testify, whether that's at a city council meeting, whether that's at the state, but as citizens. And the point that he made, which I think all of us need to know, is you may not affect the politician, but you will affect the people in the room that hear you speak. Because it's one more thought that they can put into their bank of thinking and, and process, which then empowers them to hopefully come alongside you on the next conversation. And I remember we made a comment about the subsidies that were happening in rental property a few years ago. And I commented to the mayor at the time at a meeting, and he deflected. But there were a 100 and some people in the room, and my friend said, just know they all heard what you asked. Awesome. Karen Levine, uh, uh, REMAX Realtor, how can people reach you? They can reach me, 303-877-7516. Great to have you here. I've got a long George Washington quote. I'm going to try to get this out here. Government is not reason. It is not eloquent. It is force. Like fire, it is dangerous, a dangerous servant, and a fearful master. Experience has taught us that it is much easier to prevent an enemy from posting themselves than it is to dislodge them after they have got possession. And when the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. So my friends, I won't get the the end done here. We don't have enough time, but God bless all of you and God bless America. Those are the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.